Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. And it's Friday. Yes, it is. And it's the first day of the month of July. So it's the end of the week, first of the month. Yeah, first of the month. Happy July, Edwin. I know everybody is waiting for, <laughs> thank you, everybody's waiting for Monday because, of course, that is July 4th. Well, yeah. Well, we all the Americans for... are waiting for it. Are well, I mean, th- yeah. those who listen to this conversation abroad in other nations, Let me tell you, care. my friend, people around the uh, Tampa area are very excited. I have seen so many fireworks tents. <laughs> and if there's anything I know about my fellow Floridians, they love some fireworks. They sure do. But... Even though it's July 1st, on this Friday, what I'm looking forward to is Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to be gathered here, of course, uh, where the Christians meet on Livingston Avenue to worship God, to edify and build up one another. We'd like to invite anyone to show up. You can go to our website, christiansmeethere.org, to get times and locations. We'd love to see you every first day of the week. We're ready to worship our God together and to build one another up. Amen. <laughs> Thought I was handing it off to you. <laughs> well, let's just continue in Hebrews chapter 9 then. We're going to continue in Hebrews chapter 9. We're finishing up Hebrews chapter 9 today, aren't we? Yeah, let's let's read these last two verses again in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So this chapter, up to this verse, has been a lot about the death of Jesus. Yes. Talking about it in relation to the sacrifices that were done again and again, as you pointed out earlier in the week, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them, uh, of these blood, uh, the blood of bulls and goats and heifers and so forth. And uh, Jesus' death superior to this, the significance of the blood for a covenant. Uh, when when Moses uh, was instituting that first covenant, there was the blood with the hyssop. And of course, now blood is shed with the new covenant, Jesus Christ, this new covenant where we have the forgiveness of our sins. Death, 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 death. But now in this last verse, we hear he's coming. He's coming. He's coming again. Yeah. He will appear a second time. Which reminds us that uh, he's not dead right now. No, he is not. He is very much alive, which is what Hebrews has been all about, that while he died, death did not prevent him from mediating on our behalf or interceding. He is at the right hand of God. He is alive, which just, you know, throw this out again. We we learned from that, that the state that Jesus is in now is different from the state that Aaron is in now. Mm-hmm, that's right. This, this resurrected eternal state is different from just, just mere continuing to exist spiritually sure. following the death of this body. We're going to die once, and then we're going to face judgment. And so in his living right now, he's got to work as high priest, uh, being in the presence of God. In this uh, chapter, he was called mediator, mm. a mediator of this new covenant. Yes. And that's a role of, of bringing uh, people, bringing men and God together, a very important role. If we go back up to verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 9, it tells us, but when, and I'm reading from the ESV again, when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal 
redemption. Mm -hmm. He appeared once. Now, look, that the appear here is translating a different word in the Greek. That's fine. But we are dealing with a synonymous concept. He yeah. came. He entered yeah. this world. He appeared. That time he appeared as the high priest. That time he appeared as the one who was going to deal with sin. That time he appeared in order to secure an eternal redemption, to redeem us from our sins. Well, and I appreciate you pointing that out because that was one of my questions. Hey, it says he's going to come apart from sin. Mm -hmm. Well, but we said he didn't have sin. Right. He was sinless. Yeah. So that first appearance had to do, do with dealing with right. sin. Providing the redemption from sin. He's coming, and at that point, it's not about handling our sins. It's not about uh, getting rid of our sin. It's not about atoning for our sin. He's coming apart from sin. At that, When he came the first time, it was because I'm a sinner. Right. And and I needed something. Need I savior. need something. I need a savior. I need a redeemer. I need a priest. I need a sacrifice. He came, and this time it's going to be apart from that. It's not going to be dealing with that. He has dealt with that. In fact, this is tied to the once for all. He's not going to have to appear a second time in order to deal with my sins. He's not going to have to come a second time in order to pay for my sins. He's not going to have to come a second time in order to redeem me from my sins. His first appearance accomplished that, mm -hmm. but now he is going to appear again. He is going to return. We are going to see him again. And, and this appearance, it is this idea of in, in connection with what we see and, and what's going on now. Well, I was going to say, and, and Christ has a important role in the judgment. We read in verse 27, after it is appointed for man to die once, but after this, the judgment, Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. We die, there is judgment. But it is Jesus Christ who's going to execute the judgment of God. He is coming back in part to judge. And it will be to save those who have been eagerly waiting for him. We can talk about what that looks like, what that means. Yeah. But he is also the one who will be sending the wicked, the evil, the ungodly to hell. Yes. He executes the righteous judgment of God. He is coming. It is interesting to me that in this last verse, what he what he highlights, though, is saving those who are eagerly yes. waiting for him. As Jesus returns, the point is those who eagerly wait for him will be saved. Mm -hmm. I, now, you know, the weird thing is, is that today people don't view salvation as judgment. You know, when we, when we say things right. like, don't judge, don't judge, you shouldn't judge, uh, nobody ever accuses, look, if I were to say, Andrew, you're right about that, nobody ever says, Edwin, don't judge Andrew. No, they don't. <laughs> Except that is just as much judgment as it if is. I said, Andrew, you're wrong about that. It is. Oh, Edwin, if I said you were wrong, folks would accuse me of judging, and you're yes. not allowed to do that. If I said you're right, they're like, oh, you're such a nice guy, Edwin. But, but both are judgment. It is. And so the, when Jesus comes to save those who are eagerly waiting him, this is judgment. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is him coming and saying, you're eagerly waiting for me. I'm going to do something for you. I am going to save you. I died for your sins to be removed. You have surrendered to that. You are now waiting for me to come and lift you up. I'm going to do it. I'm saving you. I'm delivering you from all of this stuff that you've been dealing with down here on this earth, Jesus is going to return. 
Yeah, he is. He is coming. He is going to appear. And those who are alive are going to be called up to him. Those who are dead are going to be resurrected. And we are going to be with the Lord when he comes and he brings judgment on this world. And it's going to be judgment on everyone who has ever lived and ever died. And even on those who continue to live at that moment when he does return, it is coming. But he will save those who are eagerly waiting him. There's some people that, uh, and, and it probably comes from a place of eagerly waiting, who are just consumed with trying to figure out when the Lord will return. Sure. Like, that's what it's all about. we got to figure out these end times, and, and, uh, and you know, the, it, it, but it's an eagerness that seems, to my mind, to have gone awry. Mm. Uh, an eagerness that puts people in a place of, of really making presumptions upon the Word of God, of teaching things the Scriptures don't. And ironically, then, uh, when you teach things the scriptures don't, you're you're standing against God. It's leading people astray. It does not glorify God. The entire point of this letter written to these Hebrew Christians is hang on to Jesus. Yeah. Not, we're going to figure out when Jesus is coming, come back. It's hang on. Why? Because he is coming back. When? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but we need to be ready at every moment. Do not drift away because when he returns, the question is, are you going to be watching? Are you going to be waiting? Because he saves those who are eagerly waiting for him. Yeah, go ahead. And there's an implication. Mm -hmm. While the highlight in this verse is on those who eagerly wait him, he leaves it unstated, but the point is, what happens to those who are not eagerly waiting his return? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are not saved. They are not saved. His his entire point throughout this letter is hang on to Jesus, hang on to Jesus, hang on to Jesus. And now one of the reasons we find out is because he is coming back. He is coming back. And when he comes back, the only ones he's saving are the ones who have hung on to him, who are eagerly awaiting his return. If you've decided he's not the priest, if you've decided he's not the sacrifice, if you've drifted into wanting to be saved in some other way so that you are not looking for the return and eagerly awaiting the fact that Jesus would return, he says, that's you're not going to be saved. He only saves those who are eagerly awaiting it. Well, what a great callback to some things we talked about in the third chapter and the fourth chapter uh, when we saw that there was a generation of people who experienced the exodus. They got out of Egypt, and they did not enter their rest. Yes. They did not finish in their rest. The crazy thing about that for them was they could actually see and tell what was coming. They they knew the timetables. They, you know, they were marching to the land. They knew where they were going. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen. Oh, today? Today's the day? Oh, I, I didn't know that. Uh, but... What we have, and this is this is part of why the Hebrew writer is is writing, mm-hmm. because here's the thing: these Hebrew Christians had been awaiting the Messiah to come, sure, establishing His kingdom. Mm-hmm. They were expecting a time of peace. They were expecting a time, uh, but they but they had misunderstood what the kingdom was. They had they had misunderstood what was actually going to happen when the Messiah came. Mm-hmm. The Messiah came and he offered the sacrifice that would set us free from our sins. He did establish his kingdom, but his kingdom was not one that was going to reign from a mountaintop on a throne over a geopolitical landscape. Right. It was the spiritual kingdom. But he is going to return. I, I can understand why these Hebrews might say, we thought Jesus was the Messiah, but but look, this world is still a mess. 
these people are still fighting against us. Maybe right. it wasn't him. And our author is saying it was him. Hang on to him. He is coming. He will deliver you. He will save you. But you've got to be waiting for him. Yeah. Don't drift away. Don't go back to the law. Don't pursue paganism. Don't don't just give up and go to atheism. Hang on to Jesus. He is coming. Amen. And we need to be hanging on to him today. We appreciate so much you being with us for Text Talk. We want to invite you to come out and worship with us at uh, Livingston. Again, that website is www.christiansmeethere.org. And we love to get the emails. Uh, Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a prayer. A great God and Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this week that we might be able to look at Hebrews chapter 9. Father, we, we just see what is important. And what is important is that you have given us today. We pray that we might be eagerly waiting the return of Jesus. We believe he lives. We believe he is our high priest. We believe he is our mediator. We believe he's coming back. We want to live in light of that today. Share that good news with others for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.